Do you ever feel like every time you get on social media, all you end up doing is comparing yourself to the picture-perfect model performing the seemingly effortless 30-minute total hit body workout? Well, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Sideline Talk, a podcast devoted to exploring the impact social media has on female athletes, while shedding light on the misrepresentation these women face. I'm your host, Pilar Lewis, a former Division I athlete looking to bridge the gap between social media and proper representation of female athletes. If you made it this far, then keep listening. It's game time. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Sideline Talk. I'm very excited for today's episode. I'm here with Monique Smith, a former Kent State basketball alum and a current high school girls basketball coach for Ellett High School. So, Mo, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself before we get started? Hey, guys, I'm Mo. I'm from San Diego, California. Came here for basketball. I majored in business management getting a master's in clinical mental health counseling. I'm the dopest person alive. <laughs> Just kidding. You have gra- you've been graduated for about, what, two years now? Yeah. And now you've transitioned from being an athlete yourself to now coaching athletes. So I'm sure that like it's been kind of an interesting time for you learning the other side of it because you've always been the one being coached and now you are the coach. So why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Um, but I think it was, uh, it was an interesting transition. Um, I initially never wanted to coach high school basketball because um, being a basketball player myself, like I've seen the difference and in the intentionality in the sport when it comes to high school and like club basketball. So I originally wanted to coach club basketball because I felt like those girls actually really wanted to be there. These are girls that were committed to basketball and wanted to like pursue it at a higher level. And like I just came off recently playing basketball. So like I'm still in that like go, go, rah, rah mode, and in my mind, like, I cannot deal with a whole bunch of girls that don't care as much as I do, um, and then somehow I got roped into coaching (laughs) high school basketball, that's usually how it works, yeah, um, but the transition wasn't crazy, I think it's, it's definitely just the adjustment on how to talk to them, because, like, I talk to my teammates, obviously different than I talk to high school kids, but it's, it's trying to find that difference, right, because I can, say different things to teammates than I can to kids Mm -hmm. so I feel like that was my biggest adjustment right and there it's a super impressionable age which is hard and I like I said you have a very unique perspective because you were a player yourself and now you're the coach which kind of ties this whole episode together together like where we're at and what I'm trying to explore when we're looking at these young girls especially high school because they're not yet in college they're still learning they're still you know um they're still kids and like even when we're in college we're still kids you know are we ever truly not kids you know I sometimes still don't feel like I know what I'm doing <laughs> but like I said like you have that perspective and so the the point of this episode is to kind of explore that relationship between a coach and, and a player and how a coach may see the outside of everything from a bird's eye view of social media especially with these high school girls because this is the age group that you know they live and breathe social media so I kind of want to just explore your thoughts on how it impacts your players and just you know young female athletes in general and kind of deep dive into that so that we can kind of gain in it gain a perspective from not just an athlete but also a coach so you're working with these athletes every single day you know you're practicing with them every day so you get to know them on a pretty personal level I would think right yeah yeah they're they're just a bunch of kids that will just 
be older than they are. Right. So they just want to talk about everything and anything going on in their lives. Yeah. And so when they're doing that, like, when they're talking about anything and everything, like, do you feel like they're all wanting to pull out their phones? Do you guys have phone rules? Like, are they talking about, oh, did you see this TikTok? Did you see that? Or, like, I know a lot of, I feel like when I've, like, babysat or on camps with players like I've heard a lot of references like TikTok sounds and I'm like I have no idea what you guys are talking about (laughs) like kind of just wrote me into that so we don't have a phone rule well like obviously if we're on the court practicing don't be on your phone right but like it's like a water break like we don't care like me and the head coach very much understand that like phone and social media is a very big part of our lives now Mm -hmm. and really just to try to, like, deny them of it and, like, pull it away from them is really just going to make it harder on yeah. us because they're going to be defiant by nature. They're high school kids. They're yeah. adolescents. It's, it's right. that area of life. Um, so we don't really have a rule. Just don't do it while we're trying to coach. Yeah. But, yeah, a lot of TikTok references. But also, like, I'm only – like, I just turned 24, so I'm only six years away from them. Yeah. So I, I get all the TikTok references. Like, I – I understand the the social media stuff and like so does so does our head coach like he's he's very he's a very hip mm-hmm. guy yeah very, very young spirited do you think that that adds a barrier to to their growth and maybe like their confidence like are they comparing themselves do you feel like to what they're seeing on social media do you feel like maybe they're trying harder is in your opinion do you think there's a correlation to between social media and how that may impact them mentally and I mean even like their performance oh for sure I think it's a very impressionable age I feel like at that age they're always comparing themselves to what they see on social media Mm -hmm. especially like when it comes to basketball like you see these other girls at different high schools in different states doing crazy stuff winning championships and stuff like that and they're like why can't it be us type stuff or when it comes to like looks like we have girls trying to keep up with the latest looks yeah. and like honey you're never going to be a 21 year old being able to do all that stuff because right. you're a kid like be yeah. a kid so I think that's also something we very much emphasize we love that you're locked into social media like we love that that's a tool for you but let's not let it hinder us yeah like we we very much instill self-love and self-positivity mm-hmm. and not letting outside factors hinder that so when you're talking about social media and like the content these young girls are seeing like is there like a stigma around what like basketball accounts post or like you know what you might see espn posting about basketball players like is there something that like is so categorized to specifically look like this or look like that to where like some of these girls are confused or they feel like they're never going to measure up i feel like there are some pages like that like, ESPN for women's basketball, like, ESPNW, um, I think it's a very positive page for women. Mm-hmm. I, like, all my all our players follow it, so I think that's giving positive influences. But, like, pages like Beautiful Ballers, mm-hmm. where they're posting, like, these basketball players with, with the typical wannabe Kim Kardashian body, which is really just <laughs> African-American women body anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, like, half naked, but then they're also playing basketball, like... That image, I think, makes it hard for young girls because, mm-hmm. like, they feel like they need to be able to look like that mm-hmm. and play basketball. Yeah. And I think images like that do become harmful. Yes, for sure. And that's hard because, I mean, think back to when we were 16 and 
it's just like the weight of the world feels like it's on your shoulder. You're trying to do school. You're trying to figure out if you want to play in college. You're trying to figure out where you're going to go to college and keep your grades up. And like on top of that, you want to look the best and you want to feel the best and you want the latest and greatest. And that's hard. And so I, I know we're not, we're not that old. We'll give ourselves credit. But like when you were in high school, like, do you think social media was the same as it is now in that sense? Like, do you feel like there was so much pressure surrounding it? I think it's definitely more now than mm-hmm. it was when I was in high school. Um, but I also have a very skewed view of it. I wasn't really allowed to have social media until okay. like until high school. Yeah. And by that time, like I had already built my own personality. Mm-hmm. Like I already knew who I was. So like I had less. It had less of an impact on me. Right. And it also helped from the area I grew up in. All the good basketball players looked like me. Mm-hmm. So it was a whole bunch of just gritty black girls that were just Mm go-getters like I was looking up to girls that look like Mm -hmm. me so it was very easy for me to like be comfortable in myself Mm -hmm. but I imagine like in other parts of the country it's not like that especially in Ohio it's very different in Ohio like uh, it's a different sense of community Mm -hmm. and like especially on social media we were very connected on social media in my like when I was in high school like we were all cool with everybody from other schools on social media there's never any like animosity but here it's very different Mm -hmm. Like, you, you lose a game, and you instantly you get on social media, and people are dogging you. Jeez. And this, these are, like, people that are in their same city. And mm-hmm. it's it's very odd to me that, like, it's not as, it doesn't feel as much of a community. Interesting you say yeah. that. I want to go back to something you said, too. You said, you know, you weren't allowed to have social media until around high school. Mm-hmm. And by that time, you were able to form your own personality. So that makes me wonder... When we have these girls getting social media at such a young age, do you think that that forms their personality for them? Like, do you think that their personality would be more grounded if they waited to to develop more maturely before they getting social media? Because, like you said, you were able to kind of find yourself before you got it. I think so. I think a lot of the personality is built off of social media. Right. And, like, without it, I don't know if these girls would would be this kind of person. Not saying, like, who they are is bad, or, like, I still love them for who they are. Mm -hmm. I just think the comfortability in who they were would be different. Mm -hmm. I feel like they would feel more secure. Right. Yeah. Because there's all these trends. They're just always going on. Mm -hmm. So it's like we're always trying to keep up with that. When in reality, I mean, and I'm guilty of it, too, in the past when I was Mm -hmm. younger. Like, I would you know, get clothes because everyone had them, but did I really like how they looked? Probably not. Mm -hmm. I just, everyone had that, and and like workouts. Did I think that I wanted to do this, you know, 10 minute sculpture abs workout <laughs> that I found on Instagram? Like, no, it probably didn't do anything for me, but like, that's what that mm-hmm. really tall, skinny girl had. So, like, I was going to try it. So, I can't imagine like just being so immersed in social media and, and not having it affect who you become. Mm-hmm. Subconsciously, these girls don't assume that, oh, because I'm on my phone, this is changing who I am. Mm-hmm. They probably don't know that, but I, I do think that there's some truth behind it altering who they might be without it. Yeah. And that's that's an interesting layer to add to this whole aspect of what we're even talking about. And so that kind of leads me into, like, if you were to sum it up, like, how do you think it impacts female athletes, whether it's high school, college, or, or whatever age group it may be? Like, what do you think social media means in that aspect? I think it is a blessing and a curse. Okay. I think the blessing of it is it helps female athletes get more exposure, mm-hmm. right? So, like, without social media, would would the women's NCAA 
tournament, would, would it really have as many views as it mm-hmm. did before? Probably not. Would sports like lacrosse, mm-hmm. sports like women's volleyball, like would that be getting as much exposure? Probably not. So with that, I feel like social media does help grow women's athlete as a whole. Mm-hmm. So now we have more exposure. Now we have more eyes on us. It gives us more chances. I think the negative part of it is that it leads us to being compared. Okay. So we're comparing ourselves to other athletes. The world is comparing us to the men's sports, mm-hmm. which is That's a big one. Big one. Yeah. I think that opens it up for insecurities, mm-hmm. uh, whether that be in high school, whether that be college. Mm-hmm. Now you're comparing yourself to every other person when really it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's a good point. So do any of your players ever open up to you about some of these insecurities? Do you have those conversations with your players? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, one of my players just committed to play, to be a walk-on at Akron, okay. and she sees the, the posts. Like, she sees the women's Akron soccer team posting and stuff, and she's going to see them play, and she's just like, I don't think I'm good enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't like, – if, if you weren't good enough, they wouldn't have put you in this position. And she's right. like, I've seen them on social media. I see how they play. I don't think I'm good enough. And, like, let's stop there. Because if, if you never saw that, you would have never said that. Yeah. Like, that that wouldn't have even crossed your mind. So, yeah. it, it's tough. I think it's tough mm-hmm. to try to, like, because I only see them for a couple hours a day. So, it's hard to try to instill that, mm-hmm. that self-confidence in them when, what it, like, they're they're asleep eight hours, so that that leaves six sixteen hours left in a day. Yeah, I only see them for two, so that leaves fourteen hours. So fourteen hours in a day, they're getting fed that they're not good enough from mm-hmm. social media. So my two hours a day is not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just tough to see that. Yeah, right. I'm bet. So with you know, you're saying you only have two hours a day, and the rest of the day they're being fed by the social media. Like, what do you think can be done about it? It starts with the two hours a day like that me and our the head coach can do and then try to instill that in them and then hopefully that starts to leak into the rest of their day. And little tidbits, little texts that we send in the group chat, um, positive messages, mm-hmm. positive quotes, because amongst all the social media, we want to be able to be that little bright light for them. Yeah. Be like, hey, I know that all this other stuff is going on, but hey, like you're worthy, like you mean something, you're important. Um, you're good enough, mm-hmm. like little stuff like that. So hopefully little tidbits like that start to add up and they start to believe it. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of faking it till you make it. So <laughs> <laughs> if you don't feel it, at least act like you feel it and yeah. then eventually you will. Like people right. say, like, if you don't feel good, smile and then eventually you'll feel better. Yeah, so, that's true. That's yeah. a good point. And so in that and with what you're saying, do you think that overall social media has gone too far with how they're portraying female athletes or do you think it's kind of also improved like where do you think it stands I think it's improved I I feel like the commercials I see women's positivity I just watched a basketball game yesterday and they had a commercial going every commercial break and it was just different to me about athletes in different sports um just talking about like if you if you watch us that helps Mm mm-hmm and like without without social media without the push for for views for female athletes mm-hmm. I, I feel like it would go back to pages like beautiful ballers where people are watching us cuz we look a certain way right so social media is improving you said mhm but what else like what would you like to see change even more 
I feel like social media is what it is. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's not much we can do to change that. I feel like what we can do is alter our intake of it. Not following pages that might be harmful to our psyche. Following pages that make us feel better. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. At least that's the difference Like I chose to participate in when I was an athlete. Yeah. Like, I follow pages that make me feel good. When I look at it, it makes it makes a positive impact on me. Mm-hmm. And I actively unfollowed pages that didn't make me feel good, mm-hmm. that made me feel like I was comparing myself to other people. Yeah. And I think that's that's a step that, like, as individuals, we can take. Yeah. Um, really, following pages that make us feel terrible is a, self of, is a form of masochism. Yeah. Like, you're, you're, yeah. you're actively seeking something that doesn't make you feel good, that right. hurts you. So, I think that's a good place to start. I yeah. mean, like, we can't control what social media is putting out there, mm-hmm. but if we take that step and take it further and say, okay, this is on me now because I can't change that, but I can change how I respond and mm-hmm. what I'm looking at, I think that's a great point. And honestly, I don't ever consider that as a solution. I'm always looking for what needs to change on social media. Yeah. And I think you bring in a good point. Like, it's not going to change. We can use our voices to push for the change. And yeah. I think sometimes that's a, that does happen, but I do think... What you're saying is very valuable, especially if you're you're saying these to your young players. Hey, you're in charge of your emotions, and like, don't follow these pages. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. And like, I just think that brought in a really unique perspective, something I probably wouldn't have thought of, especially when giving advice to these young girls. Yeah, um, those those pages need views. Yeah. So if you don't view them, they have nothing to stand on. Yeah. Now. They that's... need that attention. If you don't mm-hmm. give it to them, there's nothing to stand on. So that's something we can do as individuals. To push the positivity. Yeah. Like, if we're actively seeking out things that are positive, imagine if, like, two million more girls went and followed ESPNW. Right. And, like, unfollowed harmful pages that only post a certain look for women's sports. That's going to show something. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah. That'd be a a cool thing to see. I like that. So, kind of transitioning, switching gears a little bit. When you were in college and you were playing basketball, how did you feel like social media impacted you and your team? I feel like it was a lack of coverage. There's a lack of coverage. Lack of coverage, yeah. Yeah, I feel like promotion was not great. Mm-hmm. I, like, no no offense to, like, Kent State Athletics. They did what they had to, but not even Kent State Athletics. Also other programs, mm-hmm. like, within the MAC. Just lack of exposure. I feel like, it, it's especially when I, my freshman year, it was very easy to, like, go on social media and look at other people that were my age doing different stuff mm-hmm. better and it started to hinder me, put me in a little depression, amongst other things. Mm-hmm. So it was tough for a little bit. I don't know if any of my other teammates had that experience, but I remember for me personally, it was very harmful for me. Yeah. That that was the time I had to make that choice to, like, cut that off. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. And do you think now, especially now that you're coaching, do you feel like you're in a healthy relationship with how you use social media and the media that you're consuming? Oh yeah, for sure. I feel a lot better about it. And even now I still find myself like looking at stuff and then I have those thoughts like the insecure thoughts and I'm mm-hmm. like, "Oop, let me get off." Yeah. Like, "Let me let me let me get off. Let me go play with my cat." Right. My cat makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I can like I've I've programmed myself to like those those feelings and insecurities to immediately like switch that off. Mm-hmm. But I know like my high school players haven't built that yet. Mm-hmm. 
So right. it's in me to help them build yeah, that. Yeah, that leads me to my point. Like, I do feel like coaches have the platform to educate and inform these players and really help influence them. Because like we've been saying, like, it's such an impressionable age. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if a coach doesn't have a healthy relationship with social media, then it's likely to stem. And, I mean, that goes for anything. Mm-hmm. If they have a bad attitude, the players are going to have a bad attitude. So I think that one thing you know, when we're talking about solutions is coaches to be educated on how social media really can be harmful mm-hmm. and how it can be great too. Locker room conversations, they are very important. Like it's not just what you're telling them on the court or what play they're about to run, like really building that relationship so that they feel as if they can come to you if they are feeling insecure. Like I think that's a great place to start. And the fact that you are in a healthy relationship with how you use social media, I can only imagine like how that rubs off on your players. Mm-hmm. And I think that every coach, especially now in this digital age with technology, just you know going through the roof and, and all these things that are coming out, I think that's a, something that needs to start being implemented more mm-hmm. compared to, I mean, even when we were in high school, it's grown even from then. So these coaches who have maybe coached for 30 plus years, I think that it's an important step to take to kind of spread that word, especially mm-hmm. if they are coaching female athletes who are seeing these people and like these pages that you're talking about on social media and then falling into that trap of comparison. Yeah. So I think that's great. Love yourselves, guys, regardless of social media. You guys are all great, beautiful individuals. (laughs) Yeah, so, okay, (laughs) I asked Danny this in my last episode. If you had one advice to give to a female athlete about using social media, what would it be? I would say view mindfully. Mm. I like that. Yeah. View mindfully. Well, you heard it, guys. View mindfully. (laughs) Make sure that you're not following pages that are harmful to you and you know your boundaries. And I think that that's a great place to start. Mo, thank you so much for all your great advice and your input and your perspectives. I've really enjoyed listening to them. And I hope that you guys listening got some out of that. And stay tuned for next time. Thanks, guys. Tune in next week for another episode of Sideline Talk, where I speak with Mackenzie Flum, a sideline reporter at Bally Sports Ohio. With her experience in sports media as a reporter, Flum offers her insight into how journalism and reporting plays a role in the portrayal of female athletes.